What's up, guys? Welcome to the Dude Critics Podcast, a podcast in which both of us sit down each week and watch movies of varying genres and then talk about them, possibly inspiring you to watch the movies we recommend. We start every episode with a spoiler-free review and a rating for those who have not seen the film. And after you listen to us and decide to watch it, you can come back for the second half and get our in-depth thoughts and reactions. This week, we watched Rain Man, directed by Barry Levinson, story by Barry Moreau, uh, with the screenplay by Ronald, is that Bass or Bass? Uh, say I'm Bass. Go, I'm going to go with Bass, yeah. Yeah, Ronald Bass and uh, Barry Moreau. It came out in 1988. Its Rotten Tomato score is 89%. Audience score is 90%. Won four Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Actor in her leading role, Dustin Hoffman, uh, Best Director, and Best Screenplay. So the synopsis for this film is when car dealer Charlie Babbitt, Tom Cruise, learns that his estranged father has died, he returns home to Cincinnati, where he discovers that he has an autistic older brother named Raymond, played by Dustin Hoffman, and that his father's $3 million fortune is being left to the mental institution in which Raymond lives. Motivated by his father's money, Charlie checks Raymond out of the facility and will return to Los Angeles. The brothers' cross-country trip ends up changing both their lives. So, kind of like we started at last episode, what, did, what are our first opinions of the movie? What, what a movie, honestly. Dude, like... Completely different from, from last week, which I think, I think we should diversify like that every week and make, make it completely different from the last. But yeah, no, this is fantastic. I can't believe I've never seen this movie. Like, well, like the first quarter of the movie, I was like, what, like, what the hell is this? Like, yeah, it's, it's a slow burn. Like, it's a really slow burn. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, like I wrote down, like, Three minutes in, after he met uh, Raymond, I was like, Dustin Hoffman is a phenomenal actor. Like, I've seen him in other stuff. I've seen him in other stuff, but I don't know how I've never seen this movie. And he was so good as Raymond. Like, he had me so invested in his character. Like, it was ridiculous, honestly. No, it was, like... When I say phenomenal acting, that is not an overstatement that is spot on. It was ridiculous. Like the, um, do you remember temple granted? Is that her name? The, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. What you're talking about. Do you remember that movie that they made yeah. about her, her acting yeah. phenomenal, but like this, it blew me away. Like, I mean, it was, I don't even have words, honestly. I'm trying to like think of how to express it in a way that you know people will fully understand how well his yeah, acting is. Unless you've is. seen the movie, you're not going to understand. Like, no, he he plays the term they use in the movie. I'm going to use the term they use. I don't know if it's still the appropriate term, but uh, autistic savant, which is Raymond, uh, he is outstanding. Like it is. I, I can't say enough about his performance. And, like, he's been good in every movie I've seen him in. But, like, this is unreal, dude. Like, and then, dude, I was so angry that it took Charlie so long to realize how smart he was. Yeah. 
Like, I, like it took him until like an hour into the movie to finally realize how smart he was. Like he had done all these things. It's not until halfway through. I think he didn't realize because he, he just didn't care. I mean, he, you know, he. The character arc of Charlie. Being a complete dick, like an, an otherworldly dick. Like I, I thought they were going to make him at least give him some redeemable qualities. But no, he treats Raymond like shit. Like he acts like he's the only person that matters in the world, and I understand he has a relationship with his father, and um, like his his business was going bankrupt, but like he didn't have any redeemable qualities. Like he was an asshole to Susanna, he yeah. was an asshole mm-hmm. to Raymond. What super hot, by the way, not Raymond, but <laughs> Susanna. <laughs> but like. I was like, why is Susanna staying with this dude? And thankfully she left when she realized that how much of a dick he was made. This is Tom like, Cruise, bro. Okay, I also wrote that down. This isn't this isn't a spoiler, but like I wrote down Tom Cruise is immortal. Like <laughs> he looks he a looks little bit different. It's <laughs> like a few he wrinkles. He looks a little on bit cheeks. older, but yeah, him and Keanu Reeves are immortal. I've like I think I've decided that. He but, just uh, no. He's, I would give the acting man. in this in this movie a ten out of ten. Like Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman act their asses off, and that's not yeah. even hyperbole. That's what I was gonna say. I wanted to, you know, I know we're we're um, you know talking a lot about uh, Dustin Hoffman his acting, but I don't want to discredit Tom Cruise's acting in this movie because man, can he play a dislikable character? Yeah. And then no, but can he play a dislikable character that ends up completely changing his worldview? And it doesn't seem like the writing is incredible because it makes this, it makes you fall in love with this total dick and it doesn't seem unorganic. Like he's, I don't know how to like it. It it doesn't feel like a movie, like it feels like somebody actually going through change. And I feel like that's yeah. really hard to do. Because most of the time, these dislikable characters or whatever have redeeming qualities that it's like, yeah, yeah okay, I, I get it. He's a dick, but, you know, maybe he, he does this. You know, he donates to charity, whatever. There was nothing redeeming about him. He was just an ass. Charlie sucked. Yeah, no, completely, 100%. He was going to hold and... his autistic brother for ransom to get <laughs> to get the uh, fortune that his father left to Raymond instead of him, that he didn't even know. I, I don't even know if we've clarified that. He didn't even know he had a brother, because we'll get to that in the spoiler section. But Yeah, I'm, ch- I'm really trying to, you know, watch what I say for the... Um... Is like but, uh, for the non-spoiler because I'm really trying to determine what would be considered yeah. a spoiler and what. No, wouldn't. I, I want to. I need to go do some research of after this about like what kind of uh, research that Dustin Hoffman did before he played Raymond, and then like I can, I can totally see why he got Best Actor at the '89 Oscars. Yeah, no, without a doubt, because. Um, 
his I, I I keep going to say something about his performance in the movie and not having anything to say about it because I don't know. It's one of those things where you just you don't know how to put into words because you can't say it was great. I mean, even phenomenal. Yeah, an no, understatement. He he acted his ass off, but uh, man. Um. Also, so if you haven't seen the movie and you're listening to this and you, you need more reason to go watch it on top of all the praise we've just given it, uh, we probably should describe the film a little bit. So I wrote down, I kind of described it as uh, an Odyssey type movie because in the Odyssey, it takes Odysseus forever to get back home and he goes through all these challenges and uh, trials. And so, and then he comes out in the end, a changed man. And so Charlie goes to Cincinnati to go to his dad's funeral. And then he has to go back home through all these trials and tribulations. And finally, he finds those redeeming qualities in himself and makes him a better person. Uh, Yeah, I want to elaborate on that in the uh, spoiler section. Because I've got, I kind of, I I guess I kind of, I guess it's all up for uh, interpretation of what kind of person I guess you are and how you would take it or take the character. Yeah. I I had a few thoughts of my own that I do want to get into whenever spoilers are not a problem. Like I'm, I'm trying to think about what else we can talk about in the spoiler free. I guess we should do kind of a summary. Like we talked about the synopsis, but yeah, the, I mean, the spoil, the spoiler free part is, it's not. There's not a whole lot we can really talk about. It's more or less the spoiler free is just a tiny little book talk that we give everybody uh, who hasn't seen the movie. And I feel like we praise it too much. Like I feel like. And we want to reiterate, it's a very slow burn, but it's completely worth it. I would say it's once, a, a once you get movie. about an hour, it's yeah, it's about two hours long. And you have to get about an hour into it until you're fully invested. But once you finally buy in and like you realize what what Barry Levinson was trying to, what story he was trying to tell, it's it's completely worth your time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it, I mean, the movie, I don't even, it's not like a, like, I, it didn't jerk tears for me. It was just really, like, heartwarming, you know? Yeah. It was because, like, like, I was, I thought I was going to tear up at the end, but, like, it wasn't sad. It was just kind of, like, he finally, uh, I don't know. He's, I don't, he stopped caring what I say. about. Yeah, I guess I can't say that. This is tough. I think we should go ahead. I think we should go ahead and move into the spoiler free. There's clearly a lot. All right, guys, we're going to take a break and then get into the spoiler review. And we're back. <laughs> we so, are back. We're back. So what do you what do you want to talk about first? I want to because this was a big uh, point for me in the movie that. I want to hear your opinion on. I think that Raymond couldn't have stayed with Charlie 
I don't think it would have worked. No, out. no. I think I think I know it was tough, but I think that Charlie at the end of the movie realizes that the best thing for Raymond is to live at the institution. Because I think what I think the final the final thing was he would never be able to leave him alone. You yeah. Know? That was my that was my point where I was thinking, did Charlie have the redemption where he came back and he was like, I want him to be in my life. I'll take care of him. Or was that just his emotions getting the better of him? Because he clearly cared about Ray by the end of the movie. He cared about him. He had a relationship, a bond with him. But He he finally had family. He'd never had that his whole life. Like over time, he would get tired of him in the sense that, like, he wasn't able to fully take care of him. He's still, he's still a very irritable person. I mean, yeah, like, it's not like he did a full spin around and he was just a saint now. He was still an irritable person. He was still kind of a dick, but like, he, he did care for him. And I don't think that he necessarily, was thinking about the long term because a person with uh, a condition like Ray's is, I mean, you, you literally, you can't leave him alone. He stops in the middle of the street. He burns whatever he was cooking. I forget. Like uh, pan. Oh shoot. It was either waffles or pancakes that he loved. Like Um, he loved pancakes. I I think it was pancakes. Yeah, it was pancakes. And like he almost burns the house down. He freaks out. He was hurting himself. And I think that Charlie eventually like that would have put a hold on Charlie's life in the way that he, he, he finally got out of his own way. Like, I think that was the whole, I mean, not the whole point, but it seemed like the whole movie, Charlie was always getting in his own way and not kind of realizing what was going on around him. And, At the end of the movie, he was finally able to get out of his own way and realize that even though that's what he wants is for Ray to live with him, he realized that Ray's safety and well-being was more important than living with him. And I think that surface level, this is a movie about... um... You know, like, oh, come on, Ray can live with Charlie and they can live happily ever after. And I think that's the surface level value. But when you go deeper, I think it's more about Charlie kind of like stopping and just taking in what's going on. Because at the beginning of the movie, you know, he'd never like Raymond is this brilliant like guy. He's he's smart. He great with numbers and. Uh, you know, Charlie never notices that because he doesn't try to notice it. He doesn't pay attention. You know, like he, he the toothpick scene. He's he yeah. knows exactly how many toothpicks are on the ground, and Charlie's just like, yeah, okay, cool. There's two hundred and fifty. You were close, man. Cool, because he just has one thing on his brain, and that's money and himself. You know, just getting himself that money. I guess that's two things. <laughs> getting, but, getting back to Los Angeles, yeah. And he doesn't take time to stop and pay attention 
to Ray. Um, and so I think, you know, diving deeper, this is a movie strictly about Charlie's development throughout the movie instead of fighting for Ray to get to be with Charlie. Completely. Like at the, the bottom line of this, Charlie's redemption, I would say. And like, he basically he lived basically his whole life with no family because he said his mom died at two and we find out later that that ray left when he when his mom died basically right yep charlie finally he, he didn't treat anybody like he should and i don't know how Susanna stayed around for a year before he met ray but he finally realizes that other people are more important than himself and the bottom line of the movie is Charlie's redemption. Um, like I, I wrote down, uh, it seems like he's more attracted to cars than Susanna. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy. Cause I just want to say again, Susanna was hot. Uh, I don't know if it was also, like her accent, but. Bro. Okay. So this is completely random and not that important, but they were going to take a plane from Cincinnati to LA. But was he just going to leave that car he inherited and not take that? I don't know. He's probably going to about coming back for it. And like he, yeah, I don't know. That, I that think that goes back to, I think it goes back to that one track brain that Charlie has yeah, where true. he doesn't care. Like, yeah, I've got this car that I inherited, but I'm not worried about that right now. I'm worried about getting yeah. my money and dealing with the problem that I have. I'll worry about the car later. So I want to I want us to talk about the significance of the title of the movie. Um, so we talked about last week Inception and all that, but in this in this movie you, we get the call out of the title Rain Man. He's he's talking to Susanna and basically he he tells her that when he, whenever he was a child the Rain Man would come and sing to him, and uh, that didn't pay off until later, but. Um, I feel like I say um too much, <laughs> but you're just trying to catch up with your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, but he, he tells, he tells Susanna that, uh, the rain man was a childhood friend or a childhood imaginary friend and that she doesn't need to worry about it too much. And then later in the film, we find out that rain man is what Charlie called Raymond as a little, like a two year old. And that Raymond would come and sing to him whenever Charlie was scared. And that really, that really got to me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that is, I didn't know, I didn't see that coming at all. And I, I feel like I should have. But the payoff of that, and that's really when Charlie changes as a character. Is he realizes that Raymond was there for him when he was little. And then there's a role reversal. I don't know if you caught that, but so Raymond took care of Charlie when he was scared when he was little, but then now when they're together, Charlie's taking care of Raymond when he's scared. Yeah. Now the, uh, the bathtub scene where the hot water is on, if I'm not mistaken, that was Raymond had like burnt 
Charlie as a baby by putting yeah. him in the bath that was too hot, and they I sent think. Raymond away. Yeah, because they, they didn't want to hurt Charlie. Yeah. Dude, I thought I guess it was a red herring, but so Raymond had his uh, was it the hurt book? Is what he called it. Yeah, I think so, dude. It might have been a red herring, but I thought he was gonna like Charlie was gonna read the hurt book and find out that his dad had hurt him. And that was what's that was what was gonna bond them together. I don't know if you thought that too, but I thought that like there had been some trauma with Charlie and his dad, and maybe their dad had hurt them, and that's what was gonna bond them together. But that never happened. So I didn't think about it, but I can see like now that you say that, I see you would have thought that. I don't know. I just, that's where my mind was going. I was like, that's going to play a bigger role later. Like that's when the, that's when the payoff is going to happen, but it never did. So I don't know if that was planned or not, but. Um. Also just a little side note. Uh, we talked about um, Temple Grandid earlier. The movie, I looked it up. I was curious. The movie's called Temple Grandid. It got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Like I mean, watched that like eighth grade. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not the movie that we're talking about, but I just thought that was very impressive and wanted to share it. Um, I'm just going through my notes now. I guess we're going to jump around like we did last time, but why are they really going to leave the door open while they're having sex and Raymond's just <laughs> going to the other room? That didn't make any sense to me. I was crying. Like, I was, I know I shouldn't have been, but I was laughing because, you know, they're just, they're banging. And they're moaning, and Raymond is just uh, uh, starts moaning back with them, like sitting on the end of the bed while they're having sex, just moaning along. I was like, and the, and then Charlie got pissed at him. And I'm like, that's on you, bro. You left the, you door, left the open. door open <laughs> with with your your brother in the other room who doesn't really grasp the concept of sex and women and he all doesn't, that he doesn't understand social cues that's like the whole point of the movie that was very very uncomfortable in yeah. the elevator scene i don't really? know if you felt that that made me very uncomfortable see i th- i was uncomfortable at first but then she gave him that really like sweet kiss and i was like that's actually really sweet i that the kiss was the part that made me uncomfortable because i felt like like raymond it behaves as if he's a child. So it was like making me feel weird seeing like her like yeah. kiss him when he clearly wasn't into it. Like he described the kiss as wet. I understand yeah. it's a part of his condition, but I felt like that wasn't something that he was like, oh, I can't wait to kiss a girl. Like he's more of surface level. As- yeah, I took it as really sweet. Like I, I thought it was really sweet that that she danced. Like, did you like the dancing part? Yeah, I was really into the dance. I was like, this is very sweet of her. She's a very kind person. Why the hell is she with Charlie? <laughs> but I was like, yeah, she's a very kind person, very sweet. But then she was like, have you ever kissed a girl before? I was like, oh, no. Like in the beginning, talking about Susanna, her character. So she was a very one-dimensional character she just seemed to be very kind-hearted and caring um but at the beginning i liked how she kind of balanced charlie out and kind of was his conscious a little bit but then he 
she had to leave for Charlie to connect with Raymond. Mm-hmm. Um, my, so <laughs> going through my notes now, I wrote down, that can't be the most fuel-efficient car for driving cross country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what year was that movie based in? Do you know? It was based in, I'm pretty sure it was based in 87 or 88, because it came out in 88. Mm. It was based in the 80s, I know that, because they had that the, the 80s synth music mm-hmm. going on in the background at times. And uh, they, t- they mentioned Hank Williams Jr., he was big in the 80s. And then the the style and everything was very eighties too. My quote of the movie goes to "Underwear is underwear." <laughs> underwear is underwear. What? What do you mean? Because he's complaining about boxers and uh, uh, boxer briefs. He's like, "These are too tight. They're too tight. I don't <laughs> like them." Uh, I was like, "Honestly, me too, Ray. I don't like boxer briefs, bro. I want some boxer shorts." So when we get to the poker scene, I wrote down bad feeling because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I thought something bad was going to happen, dude. Like I didn't expect it to go that well at all. It was just the, it... the hooker. No, not that when they got, I know to what the you're casino. talking about, but like afterwards. Oh I... yeah. I thought the hooker was going to, and then I thought, why was the casino security guy so like okay with them counting cards? And was just like, yeah, you can take the money and go. Yeah, like they made it, they they were like playing that up because they had like the cameras going, they had all the security guys, and then he calls him in. And just breezes past it. And I'm really glad he didn't call Raymond. I don't understand why he didn't call Raymond then, but I think was, it was because he wasn't like sure, like he didn't know for a fact. Unless I missed something, because I think they were just predicting what he was doing. Like, yeah. hey, I think I know what you're doing. We can't prove it. You can either take your money and leave, or we can, like, go to court or something. And that's why he was kind of trying to persuade him to just leave. But, yeah, no, the... The hooker. That was another red herring. I thought I thought something bad was going to come about that. I was like, I was laughing, and I'm not laughing at uh, Raymond. I'm laughing at the situations that put him in, like the fact that she was just like, uh, "We're just talking." He was like, "Yeah, we're just talking." It was, it was no big deal. We're just talking, and he, she was like, "Yeah, we're just talking. We're just talking." Macking, <laughs> like he's stone cold, bro. She was sitting there trying to <laughs> no. get get him to take him back, and he was just like, "No, we're just talking." Like that stone cold. I, My man was stone cold at the poker table, dog. It's so hard. He didn't look up one time. He was just staring at the cards. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then and then he goes, "Uh, what do he say?" He goes, "No, there's lots of queens." Yeah, <laughs> badass. <laughs> just fucking new. I, whenever, I don't know if it was just me, but as soon as Raymond was like, it's going to land on 20, I was like, there's no fucking way. Like, there's no way he knows that. That's kind of. He's smart, but he's not a wizard. And surely enough, it didn't, so. And then, so they, when he, when they were at, I don't know, they're in the middle of 
or Kansas, and they went to that the shrink's office, the doctor's office. They didn't have a shrink, but found out that that Raymond had he had he was very good with numbers, but he had no somehow that didn't translate into money at all. Yeah, he's like, how like, much I, is I that? I get that he doesn't get the concept of money, hours. but he. Like, not the knowing prices of things, but why does he not understand? Like, surely he gets that a dollar is a hundred cents. I don't know anything about autism or anything. But I mean, I'm sure he's it's really good with his numbers. And then... Like, he separates Honestly. money and like numbers. Like, they're two different things to him, even though they're exactly the same. But as soon as you put a dollar sign in front of it, it becomes different and he can't like he doesn't know yeah all right so i want to talk about uh charlie's character arc and i I really think that it falls into into three phases um so the first part is uh charlie's just a straight-up dick and we've talked about that before um we've made that pretty clear uh the second part is realization or that's the moment when he makes the Rain Man connection and uh, him and Raymond have that moment in the motel. And the third is finally change. When he finally changes, he starts caring and then he loves. Now, put that all into one. That sounds like three different things. But put that all into one because Charlie's change is very gradual and it's not until the very end of the movie that he finally makes that last change. Not until the very end of the movie when he spells his name when out. He's, he did he changed Vern to Charlie. Like like cuz my thing is I think he still had a connection with Vern and still liked Vern, but all the time it was very clear that you know Vern was his main man or whatever. And he would always, you know, V E R N, V E R N, just spell it out. But Charlie, whenever he was, something was stressed him out. Yeah, it was always his first name and his last name. Like he never just called him Charlie or anything like that. Like it was always Charlie Babbitt. It's like, oh, I'm hanging out. I didn't realize that. He he called everybody by both names unless he had a connection with them. And that was only Vern and Charlie, as far as I know. When he was leaving on the bus or whatever to head back uh, to the institution, he says, or no, that was in the, like, in the, like, little room they were in, I think. But he yeah. says, Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-I-E, Charlie. Yeah, and, and then, even though he wasn't going to hug him earlier, he touches heads with Charlie. Yeah. That was like, another really heartfelt. That was another really heartfelt moment. And I agree with you. I don't think, I mean, with his condition, we don't know. But he doesn't understand love like we do. But I think he understands, maybe not friendship's the word, but companionship. Because obviously Vern and him had a relationship. Because Vern Vern even says, like, I'm probably his best friend. We've known each other for, like, nine years, I think. Yeah. And then... Finally, when they make that connection, whenever whenever Raymond stresses out that last time in the office, he spells out Charlie's name. And then that's when they have that 
really, really sweet moment of touching heads. Yeah. I mean, um, it is the character of uh, Charlie was, I think at first glance, I go back to surface level thinking, you know, this is one of those movies that if you put it on in the background and just kind of glanced over every once in a while, you'd be like, oh, okay, Dick meets autistic brother, hates brother, just wants money. Um, you know, he realizes that, you know, bro he kind of likes brother. He has family now, happily ever after. But doing like a deep dive into it, there's just, it's it's hard to explain. There's so much it's, more. Yeah, it's, to the it's movie. so. So going so the screenplay is by Ronald Bass and Barry Morrow. They did a fan, fantastic job of just the little little tiny changes in Charlie throughout the movie. Like it's not one big change. It's completely organic. Yeah, because like, even after the bathtub scene, like he finds out that he's the Rain yeah, Man. There's still not. They still don't have that connection. But he's like. That's when he realized he's like, oh shit! Like he's actually, like, like he says in the end, he said, with at the beginning, I thought of Ray only as a brother in name only, and that's the moment he realizes this guy's actually my brother, and like he actually like took care of me when I was little. Maybe not take care of me, but when I was scared, he would sing to me, and they both remembered the song that he would sing to him, and that's why I think that. Um... Ray as a grip on what compassion is because you don't sing to someone when they're scared unless you realize that they're that they're scared because if he's incapable of love he sees you know somebody or he sees his little brother scared and he's just like what the why is he why is he scared like what is he what is he doing you know stop it's not like I need to nurture him and take care of him. Yeah. Um, uh, no, it's it's such. Uh, I mean, that's just like like I said before. I'm a stickler for good writing, and the way they made Charlie's change so so I don't know how to describe it. Like subtle. So subtle, yeah. It's it's not. It do, it doesn't seem fake. Like it seems. There's no like, turning point. Yeah, it, it it's very gradual. It seems like he actually, like very slowly, he changes because he is a dick at the beginning, and you can't just not be a dick. And it takes him. They were on the road for probably a week, I would say at least, and it took him at least a week. And in the end, they even like call it out. It's kind of meta. In the doctor's office, they're like, "So you just you just after a week, you have this very close relationship with your brother, and he's he's like struggles to talk about it because because he he's like, oh yeah, like I've only known this guy a week, and in that week, I've grown to love him." Yeah, and I think that takes me back to the point of I don't think that Charlie was thinking rationally. I think he was being taken over by emotion because if you you know when you're looking at like relationships as far as romantic relationships i mean people do 
crazy, just spur of the moment things because they're in love. You know, they just, they don't think about the future. Like, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry this stripper who, um, steals my money and is not a good person, but I'm in love with her. And then you realize, Hey, I'm not so in love anymore. And this is a terrible person. And now, so that was not me saying that strippers are terrible people. I personally like strippers, but um, <laughs> that took a turn. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Charlie. I I think you know he was he was acting out of out of emotions rather than logical thinking. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, also. We're kind of done with the plot now, but um, one thing that I don't that might go unnoticed for some people is the sound mixing they did. Um, every time, like they, every time that Ray has a sensory overload, they they overloaded this the uh, the sound so that we we would kind of fill into Ray's shoes. Yeah, dude, I felt disoriented when. Uh, Ray was when the smoke alarm was going off and he was freaking yeah. out. I was like, man, they, I cranked, feel they cranked up the music and the camera movement made it to where we felt just as disoriented as Ray did. Um, Dude, he started beating his head against the door. I was like, damn. Yeah. Neat. No, I, I was I was scared he was going to hurt himself. Like I thought he was going to break the glass, and I didn't I didn't think it was going to be good. Well, I feel like that was the point of the movie for me where I was like, he has a very serious, very real condition because up until then, you know, he had like a you outburst. But for the most part, I was like, oh, it's just a goofy guy. Like, he's just a little goofy. You know, he's he can be aggravating at times, but for the most part, he's just goofy. And then that happens like, like, oh, it's a very real and serious condition. I feel like they they included that because if you take that out and then Ray ends up going back to Holbrook, you're like, wait, why we we're so invested in this relationship between Charlie and Ray now, and he's just going to go back. But then I feel like they included that to, to show the audience, like he, he can't live with Charlie. Yeah. Like it's sad, but go back. He needs to go back because that's, what's best for him. And, and that that's what I really loved. It's not a happily ever it's, it's after. Not a, it's not a hundred percent wrapped up in a bow ending. It's bittersweet because they Charlie has family now. Ray has a brother in Charlie, and he might like he recognizes on some level that Charlie's his brother and they have some sort of relationship. But yeah. they're they don't live together. And that's the bittersweetness of it. And Charlie says what got me is when Charlie asks Ray how many hours is that or how many days is that? And then how many hours? And then Ray takes it and breaks it down into minutes and seconds and then goes and sits down. Yeah. He just left like without, <laughs> he didn't even say yeah. goodbye. He just, goes, yeah. Yep. And then left. <laughs> like there were a um, lot of things that Ray did that kind of tickled me throughout this movie. Yeah. No, he was, uh, yeah, he was, uh, it was so good. I can't say it enough. Yeah, um, no. Astounding movie. All right, so let's let's talk about themes. So, 
what do you think the theme of Rain Man was? Hmm. Since I'll put you on the spot, I'll kind of start with my interpretation. I think, I think the theme, it's, I would say redemption in some way. It's not like a hard redemption like in other movies, but it's the redeeming of Charlie's, um, I guess personality would be the best way to put it. And that he realizes that it's possible for him to care about people and for him to actually have a relationship with people. And so in my opinion, I would say that Charlie's redemption would be the theme of the movie. Um, there's probably a better, you might have something better, but I would say redemption would be the theme of Rain Man. I always, as I was watching it, I was thinking it was more of like, like deeper level on the sense that, you know, he, we see Raymond and we're like, oh, goofy guy, you know, funny. Charlie wants his money, but, you know, Raymond does these little goofy things like he wants his maple syrup, his maple syrup. I have to have my, my maple syrup. And, then you kind of realize there's a lot more going on inside of Raymond's head besides just I want my maple syrup. Cause the way that Raymond was at the beginning of the movie, yeah. he was very, you realize there's a lot more to Ray than just. The, he, the he, he was, he was very like non human, you know, he didn't have that humanizing factor to hit to yeah. him. Because there wasn't a lot of emotion or anything like that. It was just, I want my pancakes. I want my he had his, maple syrup. His very strict, like they even said at the beginning, he had a very strict ritual that he followed. And that's what gave his life meaning and sense. Yeah, and then you get a look. Charlie gets a look into a person that's inside of that, you know, that outside shell of, I have to do this and this and this, you know, working like a robot every day. And, you know, you see that he has feelings, he has emotion, because, I mean, he was scared. He clearly has compassion because he was scared for Charlie whenever he turned the water on. Yeah. He wasn't scared for himself. He was freaking out that Charlie was going to get hurt again. Yeah, he was, he was scared. Yeah, it, it showed that he, he, had, he has compassion. Um, so maybe, maybe the theme is... I don't know how much of a theme this is, but maybe the whole point was it was to show Charlie there's more to life than money and cars. And for Ray, maybe not to him, but to to Charlie, it was there's more to him than numbers and his his goofy rituals. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean I know we've focused a lot on um Charlie's character arc and uh, his redemption and how he turned out, but Raymond changed a lot during the movie as well. I mean, as yeah. far as becoming you know, very human, I mean, the scene like we talked about earlier, that scene uh, where they were like hugging, it was kind of hugging. I don't want to say cuddling because that's weird, but like 
they were embracing each other, I guess. And, yeah. you know, normally, I don't think, I think Ray just kind of would have been like, was, why is this freak touching me? Why is he all over me? And he wouldn't have accepted the embrace. Like, he wouldn't just accept that from any old person. Like, Susanna made him feel comfortable, and that's why he allowed her, you know, the beginning of Charlie and um, Raymond's kind of bond started with the teaching him how to dance, I think. Yeah. And because Ray allowed Charlie to uh, get close to him. And, you know, he, because the scene where he stopped in the middle of the road, he did not like being touched by no, the dude. Like and he, he, he freaked out, out when, when Charlie tried to hug him the first time. Yeah. He was, he was not big on touch unless it was someone that he was comfortable, comfortable with. Yeah. But he was also stone cold as fuck. So <laughs> <laughs> I do. I didn't, I was wondering the whole time. I was like, he's somehow going to use Ray to get enough money. And I was like, he's, I thought he was going to go on a game show or something. I was like, that's kind of far off, but the poker thing kind of came out of nowhere. That was one of my only thing problems is that the, like him being good at poker or Charlie pulling the poker thing out kind of came out of nowhere. That was one of my only problems. It was like, it was like, if you turned your head for a second, you'd be like, oh shit, the movie ended and we're watching a different one now. Yeah. But like he pulls out, he pulls out a deck of cards and he's like, he just throwing them on the ground. And then he's like, what cards do I have left for Ray? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Ray tells him, he's like, you're good at poker. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, I also don't understand how did, how did Ray realize that it was six decks deep on the first hand? I think it was, weren't they playing blackjack? I, I didn't pay attention. I'm pretty no, sure they, they were, were playing, playing Texas Black Hold'em, weren't they? No, he I'm said pretty... hit me. Yeah, and he doubled down. I think he was yeah, playing blackjack and he was blackjack. counting the cards because you see the cards on the table and you see the cards in your hand and it's like like you, he remembers the cards that have been burned so he's counting the cards in the deck Yeah, figuring out how many cards are left? That's true. That makes sense. Like, like, okay, there's, there's this many Queens left. The odds of that being a queen and you getting beat are very, very slim. Yeah. Or the odds of you getting a queen and being, or like busting, you know, or whatever. Busting. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are they going to oh. bust a fatty? <laughs> uh <laughs> All right, so we're getting toward the end of the episode. So let's see if we can do this. What are three things you liked and disliked about Rain Man? Okay, uh, three things I liked were Susanna. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, probably, probably. Now, does do the does acting count? Yeah, you can say anything about the film. Absolutely, 100% the acting on all sides. There was like only a few, like the truck guy, he was, yeah, his acting he's, was a little off. He's just he was a like, what are you doing? Get out of the road. What are you doing? Get out of the road. 
Yeah. Damn, bro. Give him time to fucking respond. Yeah. <laughs> like if he didn't have a condition and that was just a normal guy, he's like, what are you doing? Get out of the road. Get out of the road, man. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? It's like, holy shit, shut up. I can't even tell you what I'm doing. But with, with major roles, the acting is for sure yeah. one of them. And then uh, Charlie's character development. Um, I love how they did that, as we've said many times. And probably the audio and camera work with making me feel like I was there. I think it, I, we talked about this in Inception, too, where a lot of the scenes, it felt like the or you could feel the urgency like yeah. in this one very, i could feel disorientation they had very different kinds of camera work too because like in in intimate moments it made you feel like you were watching this really sweet scene and then and when ray was ever discombobulated it made you feel discombobulated and then like it, it was very good in how it changed throughout the movie depending on what it was depicting yeah, and I don't know if you uh, noticed this, but several times when uh, it was a scene where Charlie and Ray were very close, the camera was very close to them. Yeah, and in scenes that they were very, he was very aggravated with Ray, or uh, they were just getting on. The camera was decently far back. I'm gonna be kind of boring because my three things I liked are gonna be exactly the same as yours that's kind of boring but uh three things i disliked uh like i said before the uh they kind of jumped to poker really fast that was one thing yeah. i kind of disliked um uh i'm trying to i mean i'm really i'm trying hard to think of two other things i disliked um i guess the pacing the pacing was slow but at the same time as it was meant to be slow, like they, they weren't trying to make it a fast paced movie. Yeah. And then, um, I guess, I don't know. I guess the red herring of the hurt book, I thought that was going to play a bigger part, but I mean, that didn't affect, that didn't affect my views on the movie too much. So, um, what were your three things? Um, it was the pacing, you know, I felt, I felt like each scene was a totally different movie, kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not just the poker scene, but, like, uh, the way the scenes were separated and the times that they took place, I feel like I was watching a bunch of short skits that were yeah. all related. That makes sense. It's like somebody... It's like each scene was a skit that someone put on YouTube and then someone took them and put them all together in a compilation. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't a fan. I would say I disliked it, but I wasn't a fan of it. Um, and then I, I hated Charlie at the beginning. Charlie yeah. can suck it. Uh, yeah, I hated Charlie too. I should have I said that. I didn't like how Susanna at the beginning, such a passed away character. She came back and I was like, is that her? Yeah, that didn't make sense to me either. Like she was very like how did she just had show no up at this casino? Real character of development or anything. And then she was a know, very one-dimensional character. Which, yeah. Yeah. And she comes back and she, you know, you you 
get to see more from her. But she doesn't but... have any character development. She's just always kind of a kind-hearted, good person, I feel like. Yeah. So and I would say that, that's... I, I don't understand how she was with Charlie for a year before all this happened. Yeah. That kind of blew my mind. Anyway. All right. To wrap up, we're going to get our final review. So, Jack, out of 10, what rating are you going to give Rain Man? Okay. My rating of the movie, there were more, I think there were more things like the pacing. I feel like it was necessary in a way, but I also feel like the movie is bit longer than it had to be yeah um so i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a oh yeah i don't want to go do that i'd say probably a seven seven point five seven point five not quite an eight but a seven point five okay i'm gonna give it a eight out of ten um just because I know it's supposed to be a slow burn. I know that that was the whole point of the movie. I agree with you that it 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 didn't have to have been that long. Um, but I think the acting and the, the character development really makes up for it. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. So our, our score for Rain Man is a 7.75. So we're going to give it a 7.8. Our rating for Rain Man from the Dude Critics podcast is a seven point eight. Uh, and once again, want to want to make it very clear: we are not professionals. We're not professionals. <laughs> We're not professional movie critics. We are just guys. Some quick movie news before we before we peace out. Uh, it's our boy at the time of this recording. It's our boy Michael Caine's eighty eighth birthday. So let's give a oh, big, yes, fat, happy birthday to Michael Caine. Happy birthday, Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> we called him out in our last episode. We got to give our boy a happy birthday. I, fucking, I love it. And also, Avatar has passed Endgame in the global box office, reclaiming its spot as number one of all-time box office chart. But yeah, it passed Endgame, right? Yep. It is at seven point eight billion. In game is at seven point seven nine eight billion. Dude, it's so close. <laughs> so close. <laughs> that's insane. That that's, is so much money. That's so much money, and that's the that's the global box office. That's not just America. That's the entire world. So yeah, they they re released it in China, right? China, I believe. Yeah, made just enough to reclaim its top spot. At the box office, so kind of uh, cheating, kind of cheating, kind of cheating. But yeah. anyway, that's gonna do it for this week. So thanks for listening, everybody. Everybody have a wonderful freaking week. Uh, if you like the show, please give us a follow on Twitter, and uh, if you could, you know, slap a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify, that that help us out quite a bit. So uh, see y'all next week. See y'all next week.